Okay, so thank you so much, Dr. Bupila, for taking some time to come onto my podcast today. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much, Wekanyo, for having me and for allowing me to talk about my story and, you know, the journey that I have walked thus far. Perfect. So I think we can jump right in. Um, Could you please explain to the audience a bit more about who you are and what is your story? Oh, that is a, <laughs> that's a loaded question. But, okay, so I am, um, I was born in Guamashu in Guazulu Natal. I am number five of six children and wow. the second youngest. I know. <laughs> Props to my mom. Yeah. I don't know if I could do that, but, but yeah, shout out, shout out to her for having as many. <laughs> Um, I am a nature lover, and by that I mean I love being surrounded by nature through hikes. I don't get to do a lot of that, you know, with my current position, but I do love being in nature. It just, it is soothing and comforting, but I'm also a homebody, <laughs> like, so you, I know they contradict each other, but you will find me, um, in my space, reading a book so I also love leisure reading you know um reading a book just curled up and enjoying also being indoors so I have a little bit of both um and also one of the other things that I love is to share a meal a good meal with great company yeah so that is a little bit about who I am on the fun side and then um, with what I've done, the degrees that I've pursued. So I pursued a degree in microbiology, but I started specializing in plant protection or plant health, rather, from my honors until my PhD, until I graduated with my PhD last year. So I am a trained plant pathologist or a plant doctor, just for simple term, simplicity, a plant doctor. Yeah. Mm. Wow, um, yeah, that definitely makes a lot of sense. And I, I really love how you started with, you know, personal things about yourself, um, you know, being a homebody, enjoying nature and stuff. It's cool because sometimes, you know, we focus a bit too much on our um, careers and, you know, we don't acknowledge our the personal things that we enjoy that much. So, yeah, great way to start off. Thank you. No, I just thought to share a little bit about that side of me before I shared about who, you know, what my career is. I'm trying not to identify myself with my career because I could switch up. <laughs> Just never know. So, yeah, but, um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you pursued a um, PhD in microbiology, right? Yes. So, yeah, pursuing a, a PhD is, is not a very common journey that people go into so what made you decide to pursue this path okay so at the end of my master's or towards the end of my master's I realized that I have an inclination for academia I loved working with undergraduate students in the lab I mentored quite a few of them and the greatest feeling for me and it still is to this day is seeing a student accomplishing something independently that they once found difficult. 
So I just thought, you know, um, oh, yes. And also another thing that I love is pursuing science uh, in the form of research, um, the research that I get to do. So in order for me to be where I wanted to be in academia specifically, I had to obtain a doctorate. So that's like entry level um, to be an academic uh staff member at an institution ideally there are still people who are sitting at lecture position with their masters so you can get there but I knew that I needed to get a doctorate in order for me to you know yeah to start to embark on this journey yeah and that's why I pursued it Mm. yeah so it's it's kind of the the level that you wanted to be at that makes sense Yes, and the kind of research that I wanted to do or participate in or contribute towards. Yeah, so I needed a doctorate for that. Yeah, mm, Yeah. no, that makes sense. And were there any signs, you know, at a, at a young age that you were interested in, in what you're working on now? Like how, how clear-cut was the path for you? Okay, so that's a twofold answer. I'll answer your first one. Were there any signs? So as there were a couple of influences, I mean, education was always emphasized to my siblings and I by my parents when we were kids. But funny enough, when I thought about career, I wanted to be a chef. I know mm. when I was young, I don't know how we landed in STEM, but it was yeah. I wanted to be a chef. And then it became I wanted to own my own restaurant. And then it was at some point being an accountant, uh, an accountant. But I eventually landed in a STEM related field because I enjoyed biology in school. And I think that's um, referred to as life sciences now. And another thing that I understood at an um at metric level or pre twelve is that in order for me to increase my chances of getting into any institution and also to increase my career options were to take subjects like physical sciences and mathematics in school. Yeah. And that's what I did. Yeah. But it I mean to answer your second question or how clear-cut it was, my path was not really clear-cut. All I knew is that I wanted to work in agriculture, make an impact in the continent by ending poverty, and also uh, by, and that you can do by ensuring food security. So it's one of the reasons why I got involved in food production. So somehow being a chef and owning a restaurant, Mary's (laughs) became... (laughs) Wow. <laughs> became me Quite the getting transition. involved in food production. Mm. Right. <laughs> I don't know how we got there, but yeah, yeah everything worked out in the end. Well, yeah. I mean, in in some way or another you're making food at the end of the day. So, you know, you're still exactly. staying true to that <laughs> childhood dream. Of being a chef. It's just that now I'm helping people produce crops or pro- fresh produce. So that, yeah, the restaurants can have fresh produce, yeah. Yeah. No, that's actually, that's that's quite incredible. And what, for you, what has been the most sort of like bizarre or, or interesting experience that you've had in, in, your, in your research or in your journey, in your career in general? 
Okay, so one of the most in- interesting experiences for me was getting to tra- travel, so within the country, but also outside of the country, because of the research that I do or the chosen or my chosen career path. So I've had the opportunity to visit my PhD co-supervisor's lab in the U.S. I visited her for three months. And recently, I attended a conference in Italy to discuss one of the chapters of my PhD. So the work that I did there, um, I got to present at that conference in Italy. So both experiences for me were very enriching. And, you know, it just, it gave me the pat on the back that I needed (laughs) to just continue on this path Um, and also my work received the kind of exposure that I was looking for which has resulted to some fruitful collaborations or ones in the pipeline so those are the things that have been as a result of being in on this journey that have happened for me Mm. yeah that's that's quite interesting so like engaging with with different people across the world on the kind of topics that you've explored. Exactly. And also getting exposed to um, different ways of thinking and culture as well. You know, culture has an influence in what we do. So experiencing people's cultures and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 quite cool. Can can I ask just like as coming from the position of a person who maybe doesn't understand what like microbiology is and what its role in food production is, could you give kind of a little bit of a explanation as to like what your research has entailed? Like, yeah. Oh, so my, I have studied different systems, I would call a plant uh, systems, but microbiology is a study of um small microorganisms like tiny that you can't see with your naked eye um so we have things like bacteria fungi viruses um yeah so those are just a few of the microorganisms that you know we some present in the air present everywhere yeah. um and i mean with the recent COVID-19 pandemic, people are familiar with microorganisms being, you know, impactful to human and society. So I specifically focus on organisms that causes plant diseases. So I've worked with different, I've worked on these organisms on different crops. So for my PhD, I worked on stone fruits. So I looked at a, um, bacterium, so I'm trying to simplify, uh, looked at a bacterium that causes canker, um, so it's like um, cracks on the back of, you know, on the stems of the stone fruits. For example, I'll make an example of a, um, for those who had peach trees in their yards growing up, I had one. So remember that, that gum thing that came out of the peach tree? So that is a symptom which tells us that there is an organism that is causing that symptom on the tree. So the tree is saying, hey, I'm not well, I'm not doing well. 
Um, so produces those kind of symptoms and other symptoms also include cracking of the stem or the branches. You see like a small crack. So I, I studied the organism or one of the organisms that actually caused that particular disease on stone fruits for my PhD. And, um, and then for right now, what I'm working on is citrus. So I am helping the citrus industry or basically looking at microbial diversity in citrus nurseries. So in particular, we are looking for organisms that are that could pose a threat because the citrus citrus industry is one of the, you know, in South Africa is one of the biggest in the world for export purposes. So we are my current research right now is to find out if they are potential threats. And by potential threats, I mean these organisms that could cause um, root rot when these seedlings, so citrus is not a fruit, it's also a tree. So it starts out as a, as a, as a seed and then obviously grows into a seedling. So we want to you know, detect these threats while in production. So in a citrus nursery setting, and before it goes out to the orchards to be planted out, because that's when the symptoms mm. become more apparent. Oops. So, yeah, so that's basically my current, or what I'm currently busy with now. Um, so being a new, I don't want to say new, but being a young academic, I'm still studying out, I'm still setting up my research program, but I specialized mostly with, um, plant pathogenic bacteria, so meaning that these are the types of bacteria that cause disease on crops. And now I am I've moved to umai seeds. So this is the organism that now is a threat on the citrus production mm. um, side of things. Yeah. So that's what I'm dabbling in now. Mm. So I hope yeah. I've done justice in explaining what I do. <laughs> Simplistically. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I, no, I, I, having very little experience in that field, I definitely have a clear understanding of, of what you study. And I think it's, it's really incredible. And I ask because, you know, a lot of times, especially as consumers, we take things for, for granted, like the idea that there are these entire yeah. systems that, uh, you know, allow us to have, for example, in food production, all of the things that go into producing the food that we purchase and things like disease exactly. and all of those things require researchers like yourself to, to really delve into them and to, to combat those issues so that we can have access to the food that we do. So, yeah, it sounds really um, incredible, the work that you're doing. Thank you. And I'm just one, okay, I don't want to say small part, but I'm just a critical part because, yes, I ensure that the farmers are able to have enough yield yes. to sell either to international markets or local markets. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's fulfilling to know that somewhere in the value chain from farm to fork, I play a role in mm. making sure that there is enough food supply. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And you've, you've mentioned before that you are really passionate about doing good in the continent. And, you know, you even mentioned now, like, being part of that value chain and also just helping young people learn. And so I wanted to ask, why, why do you think that it's so important for 
young people in Africa to explore learning, particularly in the STEM fields? Okay, so Africa, um, it is a great question, by the way, but Africa is a rich continent. It's a rich continent and it's rich in mineral resources as well as, you know, in knowledge. And yet we still rely heavily on the West for solutions. Mm. I, I sincerely believe that Africa could be in the frontier of knowledge as well as wealth generation. If only our leaders could invest in training um, in training and upscaling young people to become um, global, global citizens and to participate in generating solutions for the continent. So, yes, I mean, one can say this is a pipeline dream, but we're, we're faced with a lot of challenges, like high unemployment rates as well as conflicts or wars between nations. But I still believe that young people in Africa have the opportunity to rewrite their own stories, to utilize every opportunity that comes their way and also, you know, to not only better themselves, but also the communities that they are part of in the process of empowering themselves. Yes, it sounds like it sounds like a pipeline, uh, a far-fetched stream <laughs> at this point in time. But amazing, uh, I promise you, amazing discoveries and inventions are happening in this continent, and these are driven by young people. So, I believe that if STEM field, I mean STEM subjects, are taught right, we can continue to develop critical and analytical skills in young people. And these can help produce the many techpreneurs, the social entrepreneurs, engineers, doctors, agriculturalists or agricultural economists, climatologists, etc., that the continent um, requires. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And... I think, you know, as much as we do face a lot of challenges, where there is challenge, there is often great opportunity. So, um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I definitely look at things as hopefully as, as you do, I think. I, yes, I, I try to be pragmatic, but also I'm, yeah, about, about things. I do realize that we face a lot of challenges in in the continent but like i said there's amazing discoveries that are being made um, and a lot of these are driven by young people if you could attend the science expos and see what you know young people out there are are producing out of the fact that they are facing these challenges so they want to create solutions and these solutions are driven by what they see in their societies, so they're trying to provide those solutions for their respective communities, and that's I think that's fascinating, and, and that's why STEM subjects are critical. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so you you speak about uh, you've spoken before about how your purpose in life is to become the 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 best researcher and best businesswoman that you can be and also about sharing your skills and learning with others. So how, how did you come to realize that, you know, not only your field, but kind of the, the career that you followed was not only 
your interest but was kind of your purpose because I think there's uh, a bit of a, a deeper sense to that. <laughs> yes, to purpose. <laughs> um, I mean, it's still a work in progress. My purpose is still a work in progress. I can't, I can't really say that it's set, but what I can say is that I've spent a lot of time searching for things that I'm passionate about. Um, and when I wrote, when I said this, I was, I was, I was still young. So now there's a little bit of um, wisdom, I hope, <laughs> to this. Um, so I have searched, um, I've spent time searching for my purpose. And I did that by following things that sparked my interest. Um, I also looked at the patterns and things that I, or activities that I surrounded myself with. You know, that didn't feel like I was working. Mm. Um, like I didn't notice <laughs> that, hey, actually this is my job or this is my, you know, it's my work. But it's things that I really enjoyed and research and as well as mentoring and teaching students were amongst, like a high on that list of mine. So I sought out opportunities to empower myself in those particular skills. Um, and I'm um, obviously it's a continuous journey. I'm continuously growing this skill set, and right now being a lecturer, it gives me that platform to also share that knowledge, uh, share those skills, train students, train the future plant pathologists um, for South Africa and also you know to be global. Um, so it's still a work in progress, that list of purpose. But I, I can say that my purpose is rooted deeply in working with young people, training them to become, in the, well, training them in my field. So that is, yeah, that I can say is one of. <laughs> or the, uh, the overriding purpose in my life is to make an impact, yeah, in developing more young people in these in the skills that I have. Mm. Yeah, that's that's incredible. And I think that it's it's also really important that, you know, you mentioned that finding your your purpose is so it's a work in progress. You know, you kind of yes. go deeper into your interest and see what really makes you get into that flow and not feel like it's work. And then that kind of unlocks a, a, a potential purpose rather than it being a thing of you kind of just wake up one day and say, oh, this is my purpose and that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Um, yeah, I yeah. think it's, it's helpful for, for, for us as young people to see that that's sort of the reality of things. I think, uh, I mean, I, I think as people, we try to tie ourselves to just this one thing or, you know, uh, limit ourselves to... A, one particular purpose. I believe it was either Michelle or Oprah that said that, you know, you can you can have multiple purposes because you're passionate about so many things. It's just that obviously for capacity, energy um, wise, it yeah. is wise <laughs> to just narrow it down to a few that you can focus on because then you can give your, whatever portion you're giving to that particular purpose, you can give it your 100% you know, or try to find a balance between that. But we shouldn't limit ourselves to just this one thing because then it becomes a 
a very heavy task to find out what it is that, you know, what is my life's purpose? Mm. Some people spend the rest of their lives actually searching for their life's purpose because they, you know, they're trying to limit themselves to just that one thing. But look at your interests. Look at what you're passionate about. You can have multiple purposes or multiple passions that can be your life's purpose. Yeah, so don't try and narrow yourself. And life does not really, it doesn't end until it ends, you know, given your lifespan. So I just think in each and every phase of your life, just look at, you know, the things that you can do, um, what your interests are, and don't limit yourself because you can pivot. However, mm. many ways you need, just pivot. If it's if you're no longer deriving joy or fulfillment from that particular thing, pivot to something else. Yeah. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. I think that's mm-hmm. yeah, some very helpful advice that we can take away. And mm-hmm. as as we come towards the the end of our conversation, I I wanted to ask you know where can people find you where can people find your work uh are you on social media where can people find out more about you i am on social media <laughs> um but right now i'm trying to think what my handles are so clearly i don't use my social media <laughs> accounts a lot yeah so i know on twitter i am at dr underscore um dr underscore bopella or dr bopella i mean you will mm. put it in the show notes right for your podcast yeah yeah, yeah. All my handles yeah yeah but i think on twitter i am dr bopella and then um, on Instagram and Facebook, I am Kumbuzile Bopela, so you can find me there. And yeah, you can also search me on LinkedIn under those names, Kumbuzile Bopela. Yeah, so it's the Twitter handle that I am using, not sure whether there's an underscore there or not. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you can, you can connect with me through my social media accounts, but for my work, you can search for me and then there is a website um, either the institution's website will redirect you to a... Um, so I'm part of the organization called... Um, well, it's an institute called Forestry and Agricultural Biotechnology Institute at the University of Pretoria. So I mm. have a profile there. Yeah. So you can also look at my um, profile to find out what I'm currently working on. And for scholars, you can search for me at ResearchGate and you will find you know, my latest publications, um, things like that today. Yeah. So that's how people can get connected to me or with me through my social media platforms and also for work-related stuff. You can look at those profiles or my profile under those websites. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. And just to just to end it off with uh, one last question that I like to ask every guest on the podcast and that is, if if you knew, if you knew that every young African was listening to this podcast right now, what would you want to say to them? Yeah, that's a that's a wow. <laughs> Ooh, okay, where do I begin? Um, okay, so what I can say to every young person, uh, young African person out there who's listening to your show is. Um, one the one thing is to 
get curious, curious about life, curious about your surroundings. Get involved in programs while you still can. Uh, programs participate in you know extracurricular activities that empower you, so give you the skill sets that you need going forward, either to pursue a degree or whatever it is that you want to do. Um, going forward, um, ask questions, even if you think that those questions are silly. Ask questions. Just be curious and don't be afraid to reach out to professionals that are in your area. Um, ask to visit them over the school holidays. I know it's also, it's it could be a pain for them to have somebody shadowing them around, but I think that gives you the exposure that you need to find out what it entails to do what you say you want to do on a daily basis. And also this, this gives you an opportunity to speak to that person and find out what they did to get to where they are, you know, and they can share some advice and also words of wisdom to carry you throughout your journey. And also another platform that one can use are social, is social media. So you can use it as a tool to connect to those individuals. If you can't shadow them around over school holidays, you can reach out to them on social, on their social media platforms and then find out, you know, all those things that I mentioned, what it entailed for them to be where they are and, you know, what are the subjects required from school? What are the subjects required to do what they do, you know, what they do? So speak to people. Don't be afraid to reach out to people. You'll be surprised at, you know, how many people are receptive and are open to talk about their stories. And, you know, they see this as a form of giving back to their communities. So, yeah, stay curious and don't be afraid to reach out and ask questions as well. That's mm. all I have to say. Yeah, no, very, very practical and very helpful advice that I think a lot of people will, will take away. Uh, Dr. Bupila, thank you so much for taking the time again to, to have this conversation with me. It's been very insightful and it's been, it's been lovely to chat with you. So thank you so much. Thank you once again, Boikanyo, for having me, inviting me to your show. And I hope that, you know, we do engage more after this. But yeah, it's been a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I really hope that you enjoyed it and that it brought you tremendous value. If it did, please leave a rating for the podcast on whatever platform you use. Like, share, comment, subscribe, and follow us on social media at For the Future ZA. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast episode. Thank you so much and have a good one.